I want to pose all of us a question this morning, myself included. Do you uh, view your life more from the perspective of being an owner or being a steward? Do you view your life more from the perspective of being an owner or being a steward? Jesus is telling this story to a group of people that he has appealed to over and over and over again. And they have repeatedly dismissed him. He's telling this story to them because they are stewards, but they are acting like owners. And that will get you in big trouble. If you're actually a steward, but you're trying to act like an owner. (laughs) Listen again to what's happening in the story. So um, we're, we're told that there's a master of a house who has planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press, built a tower, and leased it. This This house owner, this master, is obviously supposed to be God the Father. And this vineyard is the nation of Israel. And these tenants are those who, the spiritual leaders, who are leading over the people of Israel. They're teaching them what God has called them to do. And everything in the beginning of the story is saying, God is the owner. You are not. But immediately, they begin trying to act like owners. You see, God, this master, when the season for fruit has drawn near, he sends his servant to the tenants to get his fruit. He's asking them, give me some of the fruit of my vineyard. And instead, what do they do? The tenants took his servants and beat one killed another, and stoned another. All of these servants represent the messengers that God has repeatedly sent to his people to tell them that God is demanding fruit from their lives. He's demanding that they follow him and they bear the fruit of his work among them. That they do righteousness and justice among one another. That they share God's goodness with the nations themselves. But what has Israel repeatedly done with God's messengers? They've dismissed them. They've beat them. They've rejected them over and over and over. And they've refused to give them the fruit that God has required of them. They're supposed to be stewards. They're supposed to be listening to what the master is asking of them. But instead, they're trying to act like owners. But still, this is a really remarkable part of the passage that we should not miss. Again, he sent, the, ma- the master sent other servants even more than the first time. This master is willing to put his servants at risk for the sake of his people. That's difficult in some ways if we're serving that master, isn't it? Knowing that he's willing to put us at risk for the sake of people that he wants to listen to him. 
That's what this master is willing to do. But then they do the same thing to these other servants. And finally we're told, the master sends his son to them. And listen, the master's doing this kind of self-talk thing. He says to himself, they will respect my son. And at that point, if you're reading and listening carefully, you should begin to ask some questions. Is God naive? What is it? Repeatedly, they've done the same thing. You send one group of servants, they beat them, torture them, stone them. You send additional servants more than the first time. They do the same thing to them. But then you say to yourself, they'll respect my son. What is it about God that he will not resort to cynicism about us? Listen, you you should receive this into your own life. This is how loving God is and how generous he is. No matter how much you've blown it in the past over and over and over in the same ways, God will not resort to believing that you'll never turn to him. He loves you that much. It's not that God's naive. It's that he loves you that much. And that he will not give up the hope that you will return to him. I hope no matter how much, if you're here and no matter how much you've blown it in the same ways over and over, that you'll hear this about the character of God towards you, his disposition towards you. He'll keep coming after you no matter how much. He wants you to turn to Him. Nevertheless, what do they do? How do they respond when God sends His Son? When the tenants saw the Son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill Him and have His inheritance. And they took Him and threw Him out of the vineyard and killed Him. Their tenants... They're stewards, but they've begun to try to act like owners. And here's the thing. If you're a steward, but you try to act like an owner, it will make you into a terrible person. You will begin to try to control everything around you. You'll try to control people around you. You'll want them to act in the ways that you want them to act, and you'll try to force that on them no matter how far you have to go to do it. Sometimes I have to ask myself this when I'm getting angry in parenting. What's going on inside of me right now? And sometimes I'm like, yeah, I know why I'm angry right now. There's probably, there might be a good reason for it. But then there are other times where I'm trying to force my will on someone in a way that's not fitting. I'm trying to act like an owner when I'm actually a steward. Acting like an owner when you're actually a steward will make you into an awful person. (laughs) Now, how do you know in your life whether you are acting like an owner or like a steward? That's a really good question to think about. How do you know in your life whether you're viewing yourself more as an owner of your life or as a steward of your life? 
There are a few places in this passage that reveal to us, that are trying to expose for us how we're viewing our own lives. One is, how, how do you react when something is demanded of you? When something is asked of you. You see, these, these people are coming, God's messengers, and they're saying, you are owe fruit to the master, to the owner. And they're refusing to listen. Instead, they're abusing them. They're sending them away. There are these, and they're trying to control everything. What do they do when the sun comes? They say, let's get his inheritance. They're trying to control everything around them. That, that's one way that you can tell your posture, your, your view of your own life, whether you're an owner or a steward, is are you trying to control things around you? Are you living more in a posture of open-handedness and generosity and giving? There are these other things at the end of our passage that are very revealing. We're told that after Jesus finishes this parable, that when the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they perceived that he was speaking about them. They realized, oh, wait, he's talking about us. <laughs> and what do they do when they realize this? Although they were seeking to arrest him, they feared the crowds because they held him to be a prophet. You see, if, if you are a steward, but you're trying to act like an owner, it's going to make you into a very fearful person. You're always going to be afraid that things will be taken from you. And you're going to look on others as enemies. As people who could potentially take what you believe to be yours. But when you're a steward, again, you're able to live with an open-handedness. It's not mine anyway. It's, it belongs to the master. And so I can live with freedom because I can trust that the master is the one who created the conditions for me to live anyway. He's the one that I'm serving. He's the one who takes care of me. I don't have to earn or keep my way. He's the one who takes care of me. So these, these stewards, they've begun to try to act like owners. And it has made them into fearful, and not only fearful, but angry people. They're willing to go to the lengths of killing Jesus because of their fear and their anger and their desire for control. So, what difference does it make in our lives whether we view ourselves as owners or as stewards? Well, it, it makes all the difference in the world. And not just in eternity, though that's part of it. It makes a difference right now. Jesus is saying to them, he quotes this passage, Have you read in the scriptures, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? 
that this was the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. And Jesus says to them, therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing its fruits. And the one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. And when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. Notice here that the very thing that they want to control is the kingdom of God. The inheritance of the Son. They want to control it. But instead, because of their attempts to control it, their unwillingness to be faithful stewards to the Master, this kingdom of God is actually going to be taken away from them and given to another nation. That nation is the church. The people of God made up of every tribe, tongue, and nation. They lose the thing that they try to control. And listen, this is the very thing that will happen in our lives if we try to act like owners of our lives rather than stewards of our lives. The things that we try to control, we will actually lose in the process. And so if we do not follow the Lord Jesus in this way, recognizing him as the true master of our lives, it will in some way crush us. Our lives will be undone by our attempts to control ourselves and the things around us. So again, the question to all of us from this story, if Jesus were telling this story to you, Are you living as a steward of your life? As a steward of the things that the Lord God has put under your care? Are you giving to Him the fruit that He's called you to give to Him? Or are you trying to control your life? To control things around you? And pretend to be an owner of your life when actually all of us can only be stewards of our lives? Those noises are, are, I'm sorry, they're they're taking some getting used to. Um, Hey, I I do want to talk to you for just a moment in a particular way about the life of our church in view of this story. Church of the Lamb is a steward. We are called to be stewards of the things that God has given to us. Um, Tonight, we're going to gather together. I hope that you'll come at 4 o'clock. Daniel did an amazing announcement a couple weeks ago about these piles of chicken wings that he's going to be cooking. This really funny thing happened last night. Daniel was trying to thaw out the chicken thighs, and I didn't know this. He had put them in these bins down in the offices, and I tried to go into my office. If you've ever been in, I go down the stairs from our level of the house and then I turn right to go through this copy room and then into my office. Well, I open the door to the copy room and I'm moving fast and I nail something, these bins. And I, re- I look in there, there are two large bins of chicken wings. I mean, as wide as the aisle that are being thawed out in our copy room of all places. So this is our church, right? This is, it's beautiful. Um, so... Listen, there are going to be piles and piles of chicken wings. It's going to be a lot of fun. I hope that you'll come. I hope that you'll, you'll bring friends. The thing that I want to say to you is while, you know, it goes without saying, Church of the Lamb is not a perfect church. There is no perfect church. As long as there are people there, it's going to be imperfect, right? 
but we are trying to be faithful stewards of the gifts that God has given to us. And it's always dangerous to try to affirm yourself in some sense, but I'm saying in the presence of God and before God, I think Church of the Lamb humbly is trying to do a good and faithful job to be rightful stewards of the gifts that God has given to us. I think that he is blessing us in incredible ways as we try to be stewards. It's beautiful as pastor here to get to hear the stories of the ways that God is working in the lives of people in our congregation. It is beautiful. It's beautiful that the generosity that people in our congregation are showing toward one another. Now, I, I want to tell you that the property that we have here It's wonderful. It's great. What we're doing is not just about this property. This property I want you to view as a kind of canvas that God has given us on which we get to paint the things that God wants to do in the midst of his people. I think that things like Planting trees together and plants together are not about planting trees and plants together. As beautiful as that may be, what I pray is that people will get into arguments while planting trees and plants together and learn what it means to be the body of Christ together because they're working together. That men will do things like putting up an entrance to a barn all day on a Saturday. Not just so that we have a great entrance to a barn. But so that later those men will go to each other and say, I'm struggling with this sin in my life. And I need you to help me. This place is wonderful. But the reason it's so wonderful is because it gives us the chance to be together and engaged in each other's lives and to become stewards of the love that God has poured out on us. And not only to do that for ourselves, but to do that for people who are not here yet. To do that for people who do not know the love of God and to invite them into it through events like what we're doing tonight. We're trying to be stewards, not owners. We're not owners of this. We don't get to possess it, to control it. We don't get to do it on our timetable. We're walking with God and entrusting ourselves and all that he has given us to him. Now, there are things that Travis is going to make an announcement about related to the winter. Look, we're trying to do it. You're already cold and it's October, right? Listen, we have to be stewards of what God is doing here and we need to find ways of making this more doable, viable through the winter and through the next couple of years. And that's going to take sacrifice on all of our parts to figure out how to do that. And then we have to be stewards for the years to come. And so we have lots ahead of us. Ways that God is calling us to steward what he's given us and to make sacrifices in the process of doing that. But for now, God is being so good to us. He's provided for us every step of the way. And so there is no reason for us to expect anything other than that God will be faithful to us as we move ahead and seek to be stewards of all that he's given us in these days ahead. So again, as I close, what about you and your life? Are you an owner? Are you trying to act like an owner when you're not really an owner? 
or are you a steward? And are you serving him openly and willingly? The son that he sent because he loves you so much. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.